0: Wow, Um, what an incredible privilege and honor uh, to stand before you in this uh, very special gathering. Um, I get to address the leaders of the Asian American church. What an honor that is. I don't deserve to be here. Uh, But I do pray that what little I have to share might be of encouragement to you, uh, that you might continue to joyfully and faithfully serve the Lord Jesus in your Asian American church context and ministries. So the title of my talk uh, this afternoon is Embracing and Celebrating the Asian American Church. I want you to notice my choice of verbs because it was very intentional. It is not accepting and tolerating the Asian American Church. It is gladly embracing and joyfully celebrating the Asian American Church. You see, if you're serving in an Asian American Church, and I believe you are, that's why you're here, I don't want you to merely accept or to just tolerate your Asian American church or your ministry to her. I believe with all of my heart that God wants you to embrace and to celebrate the Asian American church where he has called you to minister and to serve. And my hope and my prayer for all of us is that at the end of our few days together, that we would not only feel more fully equipped for ministry in the Asian-American church, but maybe more importantly, fully excited to serve the Asian-American church because it is a privilege and an honor to serve the Asian-American church. I have uh, two main points for my talk today. First, the goodness of the Asian-American church, and second, the opportunities of the Asian-American church. I love the Asian-American church. I love the Korean-American church, and, and, and today, by the grace of God, I embrace and celebrate not only my spiritual identity in Christ, but also my racial and my ethnic identity as an Asian American Christian, and by extension, the Asian American church. But sadly, it was not always this way. There was a time when I did merely accept and tolerate my racial and ethnic identity as an Asian American and by extension, the Asian American church. Like many uh, Asian minorities, I struggled with shame and self-loathing for being an Asian minority. I could give you an entire talk on my personal journey of racial and ethnic healing through the gospel, but today I bring it up briefly because it is inseparably connected to how I viewed and felt about the Asian American church. You see, without realizing it, I projected my shame and my loathing onto the Asian American church. You see, my sense of shame over being Asian led to my shame of the Asian church. Just as I merely accepted and merely tolerated my Asian American self, so I also merely accepted and merely tolerated Asian American church. Um, I used to think that serving in the Asian American church was junior varsity, not varsity. You see, the Asian American church was JV. Do you know what varsity was? The big white mega church. And the reason why I thought serving in an Asian American church was JV was because, to be honest, I thought it was JV to be Asian. And to be white was varsity. You see, that was the lie, the satanic lie I had believed for so much of my life. And when, by the grace of God, the gospel healed me to embrace and celebrate my racial and ethnic identity as an Asian American, it also healed me to embrace and to celebrate the Asian American church You see, I cannot separate the two because they happened at the same time. One was the natural and the necessary consequence and implication of the other. It was when I was able to stop merely accepting and tolerating my Asian American self. And when I was able to start embracing and celebrating my Asian American-ness as something good, that's when I was able to start embracing and celebrating the Asian American church as something good and worthy of celebration. So how did I get here? How did I get to this place where I am now able to gladly embrace and joyfully celebrate my Asian American identity and by extension, the Asian American church? Well, two key doctrines and their implications changed my life. The first doctrine was the doctrine of the image of God. In Genesis 1, after God created all things, he said it was very good. So when we see people who are created in the image of God, regardless of the race or ethnicity with which God made them, we are to say it is very good. It is not to be tolerated. It is to be celebrated. And as I meditated on that doctrine, and as I thought through the implications of that doctrine with the help of good friends like Dr. Alex John, I began to believe Differently, there's a theological word for that. It's called repentance. When you start to think different. I began to believe, not with reluctance and resignation, but with joy and gratitude that God created me as I am, as an Asian, with yellow skin. And I began to understand and to believe that God loves me as I am, as an Asian. I didn't have to become white for God to love me. With my yellow skin, God delighted over me. You see, my Asian-ness and my yellow skin was no longer something I I had to be ashamed of or to downplay or to resent, but it was something good that that I could embrace and celebrate. And it occurred to me that even in heaven, we will all have resurrected bodies with our original skin color and our physical features with our current ethnicity. How else was the Apostle John able to visually discern that people from every tribe, nation, and tongue were there unless there were visually discernible, distinguishable features through skin colors and physical features? Now, I don't know why, but it never occurred to me that I would have a resurrected Asian body in heaven and that I would still have yellow skin for all of eternity. And if that's the case, then being Asian... And having yellow skin was a good thing because everything in the heaven is good and perfect and beautiful and worthy of celebration. Amen? Amen. Being Asian is not JV. Being Asian is varsity as much as being white is varsity or being black is varsity or being brown is varsity. I think some of us need to hear that today. Second, and more importantly, the gospel help me to come to a proper and a healthy embrace of my racial and my ethnic identity. You see, the gospel tells me that my spiritual identity as a child of God in Christ is my primary, primary and my most important identity. Nothing is more true and nothing is more important than this, that I belong in body and soul to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. There is nothing better. There is nothing more important. There is nothing that defines me more than this that I am a new creation in Christ and I am a beloved child and heir of God in Christ. My spiritual identity in Christ is my most fundamental and my most foundational identity. But that does not mean that my racial and ethnic identity is now erased or somehow becomes unimportant. Just as my gender identity is not erased or made irrelevant because I am in Christ, so also my racial and my ethnic identity is not erased or made irrelevant or unimportant because I am in Christ. You see, now the gospel frees us from both either denying or idolizing our racial and ethnic identity. You see, the gospel frees us from denying and dismissing and downplaying and undervaluing our racial and ethnic identity as if they were totally unimportant or maybe even something that we should be ashamed of. And at the same time, the gospel also frees us from idolizing and elevating and overvaluing our racial and ethnic identity as if it's the most important thing about us, as if it's what ultimately defines us is I like to say the gospel frees us to appreciate our racial and ethnic identity, not to be ashamed of it or to be arrogant about it. You like the alliteration? Appreciation, not ashamed, not arrogant. As my friend Dr. Alex Shun once said, our Asian American identity is not the most important thing about us, but it is not Unimportant. The gospel frees us to appreciate and embrace and celebrate our racial and ethnic identity as Asians in healthy and God-honoring ways. And by extension, the gospel frees us to appreciate and embrace and celebrate the Asian American church in healthy and God-honoring ways. You see, when I was able to connect those gospel dots, when it came to my race and ethnicity, I experienced a profound and a life-changing healing and freedom from the shame, the self-loathing that I struggled with my entire life. And it is when that happened that I was able to appreciate and embrace and celebrate the Asian American church, even with all of her flaws and weaknesses, and there are many. As the gospel freed me to, to be more and more comfortable in my own skin, as I experienced more and more freedom to be more fully and unapologetically and unashamedly me as an Asian American, I sensed a greater freedom and boldness and joy in my pastoral leadership. And I believe it made me a far better and more fruitful pastor and leader. You see, the gospel helped me to stop viewing, also, my racialized experience as an Asian minority as a liability. I don't know about you, but my entire life, whenever I thought about my racialized experience, I always thought it was a liability. I always thought it it put me at a disadvantage in majority culture. But now, through the gospel, I realize those are not liabilities. They are assets for ministry. They advantage me for ministry. Because they help me to understand the struggles and the challenges of other Asian-Americans. And I can contextualize the gospel to their pains and to their hurts. And it makes me a far more effective pastor. And the gospel has freed me to appreciate, to love, and to embrace and celebrate my church, which is full of beautiful and dignified Asian-Americans who are created in the image of God and have put their faith in Christ. I don't know about you, but there was once a time I wanted my church to be less Asian. (laughs) I repented that. My church is beautiful as it is. It does not have to become more white or less Asian for God to love it more or for me to love it more either. I'm so glad that I repented and that I changed my way of thinking when it came to race and ethnicity. And now, because the gospel is true, I can joyfully and gratefully embrace and celebrate my Asian American self as good and beautiful, and by extension, I can joyfully and gratefully embrace and celebrate the Asian American church as good and beautiful as well. In other words, I am fully excited to be an Asian American Christian and to serve the Asian American church. You see, the glorious truth is Jesus loves and delights over all the different types of churches here in America. Jesus loves majority white churches. Jesus loves majority black churches. Jesus loves majority Hispanic churches. Jesus loves majority Asian churches. And Jesus loves multi-ethnic churches. Jesus loves them all. They're all good. They're all glorious. And they all have a necessary part and work for the kingdom of God uh, to go forward. So all churches, including Asian American churches, are beautiful and precious to Jesus. And because they are precious to Jesus, they ought to be precious to us as well. Next, I want to talk about some kingdom-advancing opportunities that the Asian American church has. And let me just mention four of them. First, the Asian American church has the opportunity... To be a place that feels like home for Asian Americans. As Asian Americans, we live in a liminal space and we struggle to feel at home in any space, or to put it another way, or to put it more personally, as an Asian American, I have always felt like a minority in someone else's majority culture. I was always trying to fit in, but never felt like I belonged. Growing up in America, I was a, I was a minority, in majority white culture. So from Monday to Friday, I was a minority, in majority white culture, you know, at school, at work, or whatever, whatever place we are. And I think we all know what that feels like. But even on the weekends, even when I went to my Korean American church, I was also a minority there. Because the majority culture in Korean American churches, that, so today, is the first generation Korean-speaking Koreans. And as a second-generation English-speaking Korean American, I was a minority in the Korean American church as well. You see, the first-generation Korean-speaking Koreans were the numerical majority, and they had the power to set the, the culture and the vision and the mission of the church and the tone of the church. And people like me, we just try to fit in, but we knew we didn't belong. My parents belonged, but I didn't belong. And so as a Korean American, I've learned to code switch so that I can fit in the best I can in whatever majority culture I happen to find myself in. So when I'm talking or when I'm interacting with uh, people from white majority culture, uh, I code switch. In fact, the way I talk changes. How are you, brother? (laughs) Living the dream? Oh, I'm living the dream. Oh, yeah. Awesome, bro. And when I'm at my Korean American church, I talk differently too. Oh yeah, 목사님. <laughs> Come, Oh, chill, cho chill, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's exhausting and embarrassing to code switch all the time. Uh, recently, I started to play golf, and I was introduced to this concept of real versus feel. That what is real is not often what you feel. I'm sure in reality, I don't look or sound like, how are you, brother, when I talk to white people or when I talk to Korean people. I'm sure I might, on the surface, it might look normal, but that's how I feel on the inside. I have to exaggerate. What it feels like is, how are you, brother, or 안녕하세요. That's what it feels like, and it's exhausting. And as my my brother Alex always says, you know, I always have to channel my inner Bill when I talk to white white people. I have to channel my inner Donghwan when I talk to Korean people. (laughs) And it's exhausting. So growing up, there was never a place where I felt like I could just be myself and not assimilate, not code switch, where I could feel at home. The church that I pastor in Virginia is a majority Korean-American, English-speaking congregation And during many membership interviews and many casual conversations, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, Pastor Owen, for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm at home. Why? Why why do they feel that? Why do they feel the need to tell me that? Now, different people have articulated it in different ways, but but if I could summarize it, it would be in this way. For the first time, it's because they get to be a part of majority culture. Their entire life, they've been minorities in someone else's majority culture. And for the first time in their life, they get to be a part of majority culture. So what does it mean? What does it look like? What does it feel like to be a part of majority culture? Well, for the first time, they're in a room, they look around, and everybody looks like them. They don't stick out. Uh, They're in a room full of uh, second-generation Korean-American people who can't speak Korean very well. That's oddly comforting. And also the people in visible leadership positions, positions of power, look like them. You see, it's not just the assistant pastor or the associate pastor, but even the senior pastor and the elders look like them. And they can begin to imagine themselves laying down roots here. They can begin to imagine themselves raising their families here, and they can even imagine themselves serving as an elder or a deacon here, which they never could have imagined in a majority white church or in a KM church. Why? Because they already see people who look like them serving in those places. Their imagination has broadened. Our church is a regional church. People drive over 25 miles, drive by dozens of churches, both majority white churches and majority Korean churches and multi-ethnic churches to get to our church. Now there are lots of churches that have better preaching, better worship, better facilities, better better everything. But why do they make the trek all the way to Centerville, Virginia to go to church at Christ Central? Well, I like to think it's because the preaching is amazing. (laughs) To be honest, if you were just looking for great preaching, you would go to McLean Bible Church and listen to David freaking Platt, okay? (laughs) That's where you go. One reason, not the only reason, but one reason I think people come all the way to our church is because for one day a week, they want to feel at home. They want to be in a space with people who look like them and who share their experiences. And being in our English-speaking Korean American church gives freedom to some of our people to express and to demonstrate parts of their personality that they might not feel safe to express in other contexts for whatever reason. So one opportunity that the Asian American church has is to provide a space where Asian Americans can feel at home and where they don't have to be a minority in someone else's majority culture. Here's the second opportunity for the Asian American church. Contextualized ministry to Asian Americans. In addition to preaching the gospel faithfully and clearly to Asian Americans, the Asian American church has the opportunity to address and minister to the unique challenges that Asian Americans face here in America. Now, during COVID, we were all alarmed by the sudden and dramatic rise of anti-Asian racism and violence against Asian Americans, especially against the elderly and the women. So where does an Asian American Christian who is traumatized by racism go to process that in a biblical and gospel-centered way? Where do they go to get care, comfort, encouragement, and hope? After the shooting in Atlanta in the Korean Spa in March of 2021, a lot of people in our church were afraid, angry, and confused. My teenage son asked me, Dad, why are they killing us? And because so many people in our church were hurting, we held a night of lament via Zoom where people from our church would come on and share their feelings, their, their fears, their anxieties, their rage, and their confusion. And it was a time for our people to, to be honest and raw about their emotions and to process them together. And then afterwards, we read Scripture, We affirmed the dignity and the value of Asian lives. We condemned anti-Asian racism and hatred, and we prayed together. And as the senior pastor of an Asian American church, I felt that it was my responsibility to care for our hurting people by providing a place to lament together and to hope together. Now, let's be real. Was I going to wait for some white church to hold a night of lament for Asian lives? Were they going to do it? I don't think so. We got to do it. We have the responsibility to minister to Asian Americans. And Asian Americans have the opportunity to affirm the dignity and the worth and the beauty of Asian Americans. Because of white cultural normativity, it is easy for Asians to experience shame for not measuring up to white standards of beauty. I remember one Sunday I preached a sermon where one of the applications was affirming the beauty of Asian features. I said something like, "Yes, blonde hair and blue eyes, beautiful. But black eyes, uh, black hair and brown eyes, they're just as beautiful. White skin, beautiful. But yellow skin is just as beautiful." And after that sermon, many of my Asian American sisters Shared with me how healing it was for them to hear that Asian features were just as beautiful as white features, and they expressed their gratitude for me, uh, for me to publicly affirm their glory and their beauty as Asian Americans and their features. Now, I'll be honest with you, I have a personal pet peeve. I get so annoyed when Asians listen when Asians praise an Asian baby for being so cute because it has white features. Oh, the eyes are so big. The hair is lighter. What they're doing is they're implying the, the whiter a baby looks, the cuter it is. And if you think that a baby with jet black hair and small eyes is not as cute as a baby with lighter hair and bigger eyes, then you are operating out of a white normative standard of beauty and you better check yourself. Right? Here's a third opportunity for the Asian-American church. Leadership development of Asian-Americans. I'm sorry, I I sound mad. I'm not mad. I'm I'm just passionate. Uh, I'm trying to calm down. I'm not mad, I promise. I love you. I'm not mad, I promise. I just get fired up about this. Here's the third opportunity, leadership development of Asian-Americans. In my Korean-American church, nearly all of our leaders are Korean-Americans, as you might expect. Now, we have some amazing leaders. They would be leaders in any context, in any church. But we also have some amazing leaders who probably wouldn't have the opportunity to serve as leaders, in non-Asian American context or maybe in a majority white church context. You see, their gifts may not be recognized or valued according to a white standard for leadership, but they're faithful and fruitful leaders in our Korean American church. You see, we have men on our session who are amazing. They do amazing things for our church and for the kingdom, but I can bet my entire house they probably wouldn't be asked to serve as an elder in a majority white church. See, their gifts wouldn't be recognized or appreciated or valued as much as they are in an English-speaking Korean American church. In fact, what white churches may see as weaknesses, we as a Korean American church might actually see as a strength. Also, the Asian American church has the opportunity to raise up and to empower and to give leadership opportunities to men who are gifted to lead as senior pastors. Most majority white churches and even many multi-ethnic churches view Asian Americans as wonderful assistant pastors, amazing associate pastors, but the senior pastor job usually goes to a white guy or maybe a black guy if it's a multi-ethnic context. It's still, I think, uncommon to see Asian American pastors appointed to serve as senior pastors in non-majority Asian American churches. It's happening some, it's still, I think, uncommon in my opinion. When I was uh, in between pastoral calls, uh, after I resigned from the church I planted in Burbank and I was looking for a new church job, I applied to like dozens of senior pastor positions because I felt like God had uh, gifted me to be a senior pastor. And I was pretty deep and and far along in the process with this church that was literally about 50% white and 50% Asian. And I was like, at the very last interview. And I'll never forget what the chairman of the search committee said to me, who happened to be white. And he said, um, Pastor Ron, we just can't see you as a senior pastor. Uh, Would you be open to the associate pastor job? I was shocked. I wanted to cuss. (laughs) But by the power of the Holy Spirit, I I restrained And I said, very gently, but firmly, but I'm applying for the senior pastor job, not the assistant pastor job. And I resigned, and I withdrew myself from the process. And the unfortunate truth is that many majority white and multi-ethnic churches still see Asian Americans as assistant pastor or associate pastor material and not lead or senior pastor material. So, where are the Asian American pastors who are gifted to be lead and senior pastors going to go so they can serve and lead? The Asian American church has the opportunity to give gifted Asian American pastors the opportunity to serve the Lord and the church as senior pastors. We have to be the church that gives them those opportunities. Fourth and lastly, the opportunity of the Amer- Asian American church is this effective mission to Asian-Americans. In Northern Virginia, there's a very large population of a a Korean-American population, and there are lots of de-churched and unchurched Korean-Americans who will probably never visit a white church, or a multi-ethnic church for that matter, but they may be open to coming to our Korean-American church. Our church is growing, and we're mainly reaching young Korean-Americans. I would say about like 80% of our new members uh, happen to be young Korean Americans between the ages of 22 to 32. That's who our church is effective at reaching with the gospel. You see, our Korean American church, along with all the other Korean American churches in Northern Virginia, we're reaching uh, unchurched and de-churched Korean Americans in, a way that not, that in, in ways that a non-Korean American church probably would not be able to. I think it's common sense that different types of churches are are strategically positioned to reach different types of people. So our church, being a majority Korean American church, is probably more effective at reaching Korean Americans than than a majority white church might be, right? And vice versa, a majority white church is probably more effective at reaching white people than we are. I hope that's not a controversial statement. It's just a common sense observation. Now, that doesn't mean that one church is better than another other, or one church is worse than another. It just means that we all need each other. We're all working to advance the gospel and the kingdom together. And I praise God that God brings in different people through different churches. So I affirm the goodness and the necessity of all types of churches, both mono-ethnic churches and multi-ethnic churches. And I thank God that the Asian American Church has the opportunity to reach Asian Americans with the gospel in fruitful ways. You know, just as Paul, who was who was a Jew, longed for, prayed for, and worked for uh, for the Jews to uh, get the gospel. So I, as a Korean American, long for and desire and work to reach Korean Americans with the gospel. Now, it's not wrong to have a particular burden for your kinsmen according to the flesh. But what is wrong is if your burden is exclusively and only for the people who share your race and ethnicity. But it is good and very Paul-like to have a burden for the people of your ethnic group that that they might come to know Jesus. So don't be ashamed or embarrassed that you're good at reaching Asian Americans. Mm. If you're not going to reach them, Who will? Embrace it. Rejoice in it. Let me wrap up my talk today uh, with just a couple of concluding thoughts. So every Sunday when I stand up to preach the gospel to my Korean American church, my Asian American church, I look at them like I'm looking at you now, and I think to myself, this church is beautiful and precious to Jesus just as they are. They don't have to become more racially or ethnically diverse for God to love them more or for me to love them more. They're beautiful and precious and cherished by God just as they are. So I don't just accept or tolerate my Korean American church. I embrace them. I celebrate them. I love them. And they're beautiful and glorious to me as I see their dignity and their value. And that makes me feel that all My labors and sacrifices are worth it as their pastor. Now, don't get me wrong. The church that I pastor is not perfect. They make me want to pull out my hair at times. But I love them. Just as my kids make me want to pull my hair out at times. But I still love them. By the grace of God, at the age of 50, I have finally found my lane as a Korean American pastor. And there's great freedom and joy and contentment in that. I believe that my lane, my calling, is to faithfully and joyfully lead a English-speaking Korean American church and to mentor and support and empower the next generation of Korean American and Asian American leaders, especially senior pastors. And it is my hope and my prayer that all of us who are here, who are laboring and serving in Asian American churches, that we would see how much Jesus loves your Asian American church so that you would not only embrace and celebrate your Asian American church, but that you would be filled with a sense of privilege and appreciation that you get to serve the Lord Jesus in the Amer- uh, Asian American church. So before we get fully equipped to serve Jesus in the Asian American church, let's first get fully excited that we get to serve Jesus in and through the beautiful Asian American church. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Uh, God, we thank you for the Asian American church. You died for the Asian American church. You love the Asian American church. It is precious to you. And we thank you that we get the privilege and the honor of serving you in the Asian American church. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you help each and every one of us to believe that the Asian American church is good and beautiful, and would you empower us to embrace and to celebrate the Asian American church. Amen.